I'm Elaine Shannon. I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast where we inspire and empower you to connect more soulfully to yourself. In this episode of Soul Sister Conversations, we celebrate Elaine's birthday. This led us to talk about the power of aging. We discuss what has become clear to us as we grow older. Well, happy belated birthday, Elaine. Thank you, Dana. I love birthdays. I know a lot of, a lot of people don't like birthdays. And, th- and that is interesting. Mm. That, uh, But in my experience, uh, growing up, my parents, my mother always made such a big deal about birthdays. And it might have been her working mother guilt. So my mother was a <laughs> career woman back in the, in the 60s when I was born. And that was a time when women weren't. So for our birthdays, and, and I shared a picture on, on my actual birthday, and there I am in my blue velvet dress with the white trim, and I'm blowing the candles out, and the cake is fabulously decorated, and it's got all the little, mom had the matching cups and the matching plates, and, and then Nanny would... Oh, that's you know, a lot of guilt. <laughs> Probably, and but but no. that was such a big deal. And nanny, no. I remember having money cakes. Do you remember oh, money yes. cakes? Yeah, yes, yeah. With the quarters. My grandmother up in used to actually put. Uh, yeah, that was and that was something they did with uh, pancakes at um, pancakes? Shrove Tuesday. Was it Shrove they Tuesday? Put money in yes, I'm like totally, that totally dangerous. She thing. a bear machine thing. I Dana, I don't think that's a, <laughs> money like in other places. I didn't have it in mind, but I've heard those stories. But uh, yeah, birthday cakes for me. I remember my grandmother. My my mom's parents were a lot older, so they always looked like Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth. Like my grandmother had matching gloves and hat, and he was a tall, slender man. And I remember them coming on birthdays. So they had a lot of grandchildren, but that's what they gave us as gifts. So my grandma had this standard like chocolate cake or marble cake, depending marble, on what you want it. And she would fill the center with these uh, like chocolate or butterscotch bunnies or other kinds of candies. And that's what I remember from from birthdays and how fun they were when your birthday came around. Because oh, yeah. you didn't get piles of gifts. So getting a gift or two, that was like a... And and you didn't buy all year round like we tend to do now. So birthdays were I actually know, every special. Every occasion now is a special occasion. But back then, yeah, birthdays were were the special and you could have friends we could invite friends for the birthday party so there's always from my childhood and and even into high school and university there's you know around the table with the cake all the friends and fabulous birthday well for what was what was a a package of kool-aid 15 cents and a pack of hot dogs and you had yourself a birthday party. party but it's interesting because not everybody has that experience as you said and so what happens is you marry somebody who didn't have the same um, birthday experience. And so for most of my married life with my husband, it was a series of grand disappointments. And he he knows this, and we've had this conversation, and where, you know, I'd be like... Well, birthdays aren't a big deal to him? No, birthdays weren't a big deal in their house, like in in our house. I mean, they probably had a cake and whatever. But mom really made us feel special. Mm. Like, it was... Which is it, nice. It was it was nice. It's, it's fun always to be nice to special. be felt special. Like on a day, it's your day. And so when after I I you know I got together with the skipper, I'm like, oh, it's my birthday now. So he's gonna do the same thing my parents did. Sure. And he didn't. And no. <laughs> and he didn't. And so for many many years, I spent time in disappointment. Mm. Right. 
until I started to take charge of my birthday. And so this year his comment to me was, because it was Easter Sunday, my birthday, we're renovating the house. And so I planned the party, I made the food, I spent the day exactly the way I wanted to spend it. And I went, what a perfect birthday. Mm. So how does aging make you feel? How does so eight? Well, there's one thing. Because birthdays add up after a while. I took charge, right? I took charge of my birthdays, right? And that made them special for me again. Um, But aging, I think aging has given me that edge. It has given me the, I guess, the okay to live life the way I want to live it and not sit there with my hands folded, being very polite and waiting for things to come to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I, which I did for many years, right? Princess Elaine. Princess Elaine, right? I was born on April 21st, you were born the Queen's birthday. Well, there you go. So, so I spent a lot of my life waiting for something to come to me and then had grand disappointments. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So, so you take it into your own hands now and make the birthday special. And not just birthdays, right? So birthdays, birthdays I think is, is for me, it's a big thing for me to say, you so know what? So what do birthdays represent for you now? Like they were always fun, obviously, yes. but what, what do you think birthdays mean? So birthdays as I'm, and as you know, I'm, you know, some of the stuff I'm reading now, essentialism, digital minimalism, I'm really, I'm looking at the numbers. It's a, and it is a numbers game. What although. Well, because I'm on this side of 50. I'm 54, right? Oh, you mean your birthday numbers. Right. So when you look at numbers, like when I was 30, I never thought about aging. I never thought about how many years I had left or how many years I had left to do the things I wanted to do. Hmm. But now that I'm 54... I'm thinking crunch about time. Those well, it, it feels like yeah. crunch time now. And Wayne t- Dyer used to say, "I'm cramming for finals." <laughs> right. That's what I. I almost feel like. Hopefully, I'm, that's not the case. Well, no, be, but, but but life is fleeting. So, and and before we turn the microphone on, we yeah. we did a little research on Christiane Northrup because mm-hmm. Christiane um, said not to say your age. Yeah, we were having this debate uh, about you were saying how you embrace it and I do too I don't mind saying my age I'm not uh one of these people who say oh I, I you know I don't talk I'm about that uh, yeah I, I I do I I embrace it I love birthdays but I know I've read um philosophies like hers that and I, I can't remember why exactly she um says that but she said you should never say your age and so that would be an interesting debate for people to post on our Facebook page. Do you tell your birthday or do you not? And and why or why not? Right. Why or why why or why not are you embracing your age? Right. right. So what is yeah, so tell us tell us how old you are. And if you don't, are you twenty nine forever or thirty nine again? Yeah. Why? Like yeah. why are you not saying that age? Because I, I think because for me, I know with uh Dr. Christiane Northrop, I think that has to do you know, kind of like law of attraction or or saying maybe there's certain expectations when you age like I don't know if you get this or maybe you've said it yourself you go wow she looks great or he looks great for their age I you know Dana I used to and somebody somebody called me out or said I read something that said stop doing that Mm -hmm. stop saying she looks great for For age age. right for her age because really you are right there's the ageism there's the ageism and we are making a judgment Mm. Yeah, on women based on their age. Yes. Because I know a lot of people, and I mean, you know, it's it's you're as young as you feel, or That's like true, like I. So the, so for a number, I've been I've been you know on this planet for fifty four years. 
But I have to tell you, you know, although I have, you know, a few creaks and groans in my body, I feel like there's times when I'm with my kids and I'm like, ooh, and what are they talking about right now? And I'm leaning in like I'm still 20. Yeah. Mm. And telling them stories about when I was 20 and, and all the fun I've had. Well, the fun has really never stopped. No. And it's so interesting when you say when you're talking to younger people or youthful. And I forget that I'm their, like, I think I'm their age. They could be 27. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know them. They look like me. I'm like, no, I know they don't look like me. But I, I don't. I don't see the difference in age between people. Um, I'm attracted to wisdom. So whether it's in someone who's 27 or someone who's 67, um, I'm more interested in the depth of people. So I, I than the don't, age of them. No, right. I don't see it because the it's depth rather than the width. Right. right. <laughs> but I think that that's an important piece as we age. So I think we were talking about what we call this episode, and we said call it the power of aging and I think there's a lot of power in aging um someone had told me you know there's nothing more powerful than a woman in her 40s because they know what they want and but wait look till out. you meet a woman in her 50s who's been <laughs> oh, through do menopause tell. <laughs> right so so yes. when you're on the other side of menopause yeah. and so we had the privilege of attending the um uh, the St. John Chamber Women's Event yes. last week, and Natalie Godbu got up and spoke. And so she's reading The Wisdom of Menopause right now. And she said, when you take estrogen <laughs> yeah. out of the equation yeah. and you lose that estrogen fog it's after true. menopause, you have such clarity. Yeah. That was an interesting comment because estrogen being like a filter, the way you see things is filtered. And I thought, wow, that is... Um, well, I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> yes. So I don't have, so I, that filter for me, that estrogen filter is, is leaving me. Mm. And so I have great clarity on, you know, what I want, what I don't want. So today, for instance, this is a big one for me. And I, I said this to you. So I got a friend request from somebody who I don't know, have never met. Um, we have a lot of mutual friends and what I said to her very politely and respectfully was, thank you for the friend request. I've never met you in person. And so, no, I'm not going to accept your friend request. However, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing and we want to connect, then you can follow my Facebook page or you connect with me on Instagram. And so I would never have said that five years ago. I'd be like, right. ooh, look, somebody wants to be my friend. But now I know that my time, my time is precious. Mm. And so the people that I want to see on Facebook are the people I know. Right. I want to know what's going on with their family, right? I want yep. to know what's going on in their lives. And so for me to act, to actually say that to somebody, like when the estrogen fog goes away, <laughs> I'm really clear. Right. That I have not been this clear in my entire life. Right. So there's something that is is clarity is the power of aging. Yes. You become very clear about what you want. And we've talked about this on other shows about dialing into your life and doing what matters. Because part of it is we, you know, whether you want to say your age or not, we do have a finite amount of time on this earth and that you do We're all become, leaving the same way. Yeah, right? that's right. We're not getting out here alive. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but there is that, that importance of what is it that you want to do in your life and recognizing there is some there is a bit of a time crunch and that you have to to get really really clear on that yeah. that's super important yeah. and yeah. one of the other things that um that i've made a decision on is coloring my hair mm. and so that was sort of a birthday gift for me last week i went and i'm pretty sure she she the my hairstylist said i'm now cutting the last of the color out of your hair mm -hmm. and so i you know in the last five years i thought i was 
covering my gray. So I kept coloring my hair blonder and blonder. So I got pretty blonde at one point, like, like not pretty light. It wasn't mm-hmm. pretty yeah. light blonde. I got quite light blonde. And I, I mean, I've been a brunette my entire life. So as my hair has started to grow mm-hmm. out and I'm losing the color, um, my hair's really dark. I, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of gray. And so somebody thought I dyed my hair dark brown. So I went from blonde to dark brown. So I'm like, no, it's my no, original color. This is, this is my color. This is my color that I have now. Mm-hmm. So it might be a little darker than I think when I was a kid. It might have been yeah. a lighter brown. So I've made that con- conscious decision right now not to color my hair. Right. I'm done. And I see, I've seen other women going that way. And I can see why it's such a pain at time and money oh my God. to color your hair. Yeah. I mean, it's do what you want to do. Do it right. It's right. Every, and it's it everybody's is, choice. Right. So let's let that, let's let that be said. It yeah. is a personal choice. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm refraining from judging. It is not my no, job to judge. Do what you want to do. Whatever do what you, you want to do with your hair. It's your yeah. hair. But for me, I decided that my personal choice is I'm um, for now and maybe in 10 years. I don't know, but I, I can't imagine because I just think it's one of those other things that adds to the sort of freedom and liberation mm-hmm. of being of this power of aging is that I get to choose yep. how I show up. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And that that is a um, I think it is very powerful. We get to choose that. And I'm just hearing like making decisions that that about even accepting yourself like a lot of I know I've I've seen a few people talk about this um, because people tend to color their hair because maybe it makes them feel like they look prettier or different or more vibrant or whatever and it may not be coloring hair maybe it's something else that you do Um, but there is this moving into accepting all parts of yourself because sometimes it can when you look in the mirror and you see gray staring back especially if you were younger that can have an impact when you think you're youthful and you're like, where's this gray hair coming from? So I think there's an acceptance of yourself as you grow older too. Yes, and that the youthfulness doesn't come from the color of my hair. No. My youthfulness comes from the work I do, mm-hmm. right? The activities I spend my time on, the books I read. Um, like all of those things bring me youth, mm-hmm. not the color of my hair. No, no, no. And, I, it, and you can always tell a lot by people's energy, right? Their energy is beautiful. It's not their whatever we're doing to our outside. And uh, yeah. So we mentioned something before the microphone turned on. So I wrote Mm -hmm. some notes because these are really good and we need to bring them up. So as we're talking about coloring your hair and youthfulness, let's talk about Jane Fonda. Mm -hmm. What about her? Well, (laughs) so she's 82, 81, 82. 81, Yeah, so she's on the other side of 80. Yeah. And so Jane Fonda, um, there was something you said that about the choices that she made mm-hmm. about how youthful she looks right now. Yeah. Well, I think we're just having the conversation around, you know, there's so many people making choices to go more natural, not color the hair. And then I, I've seen Jane Fonda. I think I, uh, here's our o- standard Oprah quote. But um, I think she was Oprah. being interviewed on Oprah. And she said, I wish that I had the courage not to do, you know, the plastic surgery or, or whatever. So, uh, I, so I think that's the power of just choosing what you want to do. I mean, doesn't matter, you know, if you want to look super youthful and do plastic surgery when you're 80 fill your boots um but what would but you say do you about think that? that that has kept her relevant or is that just sort of the 
the icing on the outside of the cake because Jane Fonda to me is one of the most relevant women of our time um, she's still you know in the front of, of movements she's she's marches you know with I think it was the the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and Jane Fonda is a force to be reckoned with yeah you know she's so she's she's still an activist she's a you know a very busy activist she's working in her industry still mm-hmm. like she is still yeah. being paid to be on television yeah right in her 80s yeah and, and i think that's the part that we need to focus on more with women is what they're doing and how they're showing up and and uh rather than how they're looking how they're looking although jane, jane Fonda looks, looks fabulous. fabulous she does all those years of uh what was it her, her aerobics that she did yeah that's right she but she's also talked about the struggles in her life because she had yes. was a bulimia so jane Fonda oh, had yeah. bulimia she's had several hip replacements mm-hmm. you know so she is so age you know she's she's not immune to what happens um, in life, right? Right, and her... and was she, I assume she was, yeah, she was open about that. I would say because oh, gosh, she was yeah. open about you know doing plastic surgery, and um, I, I think that's an important point in this day and age because we live in a filtered world where people take pictures and you have no idea if that's the actual one or yeah. if it was touched up. Was it Snapseed? Yeah, Snapseed or, makes everybody look good. Or, or but whatever whatever we're doing, but people take redoing retakes to get the right one so they can get the most likes on social media. And, and I think that's, you know, if people like her who talk about her struggles... So it's like, I may look one way, but this is how I feel and, and what I've done. Just being forthright about that too. I think it helps people set a different standard for themselves because when we, especially we talk, we look at um, TV and advertising and they tend to set the standards for women's beauty. Yes. They're telling us, oh, you should look vibrant when you're drinking a uh, cocktail or you should, you know, this, they such great influence in advertising and i think we need to set our own standard for beauty our own standards for ourselves and i think that's the power of aging um, where people just don't care anymore and they're caring less they're yeah they're caring less but it seems like it takes people decades before they get to the point where they care less like in your 20s and 30s people still care they care whether people like them they care Um, and I think that that's where, as we age, right, yeah. and wisdom, right, age and wisdom, I think that's one of the gifts, if we're open to it. That is one of the gifts. Because in after menopause, there's a couple things, I think, that I've observed that happen with women. And so after menopause, and because I'm, I've been sort of coming through and on the other side, is that you can do one of two things, right? Mm. The, the estrogen fog goes away and you get clarity. And you go, you know what? I'm going to now do what I've always wanted to do, mm. right? I am going to seize the day. I'm going to take control of my life. And then there's the other, there's another group of women who I see who are sad, so sad that their children have left, that mm. they've lived vicariously through their children, that the their estrogen fog has lifted, but they don't see that it is the biggest, grandest gift mm. that that is given to us, I think, um, by nature, because if I think 20 years ago, or even let's say 15 years ago, that my children were going to leave my house, right, mm-hmm. and go live their own life, my heart would break in half, right? Right. So with menopause and aging, and that's the power of aging, is that we are given this gift of letting go, mm. That so that they can go live their lives yes. and our hearts don't break. I'm, right. My heart is not breaking anymore. Right. The fact that they live in different cities and they're living their lives. And I'm so proud of that. I'm proud that they are now taking 
responsibility mm. and they're t- they're making their own decisions for right. their life. I think a big part of that I know for me what contributes to me and because I have one son that's left for university and it was tough to see him go because it's a new chapter of our lives. That's what I was sad about. It's like, wow, that's kind of over. That went really fast. And it does go fast. You it, blink. It goes very fast. Um, but I knew way back when, so because I was a stay-at-home mom and I chose, you know, and I have a, a teaching degree, I had to make a decision, uh, you know, as my ch- children entered s- school, what was I going to do with my life? And I knew I was going to continue to stay at home, but I began to build my life. So I talked before, you know, going to Toastmasters. I just knew public speaking was going to be a part of my life and just started doing things. That's when I took coaching and then you just getting out and networking more and being out in the community and you just slowly built your life so that when my kids started to fly the nest, um, I wasn't devastated because I actually have something to look forward to. You have something for yourself. I have my life to look forward to that's built separately from theirs. And that was powerful for me. So I think that's a big piece of aging and becoming insightful is setting your own self up for success. And my, my children... of having children or what No, my children's there. job yeah. is not to make me happy. It's my job to make me happy. Right. Um, that's that's so a let's burden. Let's just let that sink in for mm-hmm. a second. Yeah. It's not anybody else's job no. to make you happy. No, no it's not. And that's but a burden. Will debate that's you a burden. On that. Well, Dana, you can debate, debate it. I will stand strong on that one. Um, that you're placing a burden on other people when you expect them to fill you up. Just like you talked about your birthdays being a disappointment, you took them into your own hands, yes. right? You can't change people or make people do something differently. But um, so that I, was a burden for my husband, right? Right. And so this year but he, he didn't was even like, know it was a burden, <laughs> right? I'm like, he's doing the renos, and you know, I I got yes. everything ready, and for him, he was just happy to be there. Yeah. He was happy that I was happy. Right. And I think that's a big power of for as we age and get wiser. And I don't, it doesn't have to come with age. Just, you know, it could insight. be a stroke of insight. Right. And you could at 20. Yeah. You, you don't need to be old to recognize this. But, uh, you know, not having expectations. We tend to set expectations for ourselves and oh. place them on other people. Yes. And then we're constantly I disappointed. Of, I could have had right? like a crown and a whole like right. the, the scepter and the and the cape. Yes. From my living my entire life expecting so much of people around me. And, right. and the people that know me and love me will say that Elaine has huge expectations. And so the more I realized that my expectations were killing the relationships I was having with people, I had to do some hard work on myself Mm -hmm. to to let those go yes and that well there's a lot of power in that doing work on yourself as a person at any age i but the earlier you do that the i think the better you're setting yourself up to age well to move through life one of the things that i i tend to recognize or i see and i don't know how much how rampant it is but there's a lot of people struggling as they get older and there is because as your children leave you can see loneliness being a factor well that's one of the reasons why my parents are moving in there's a loneliness factor i I believe and you know we've heard brené brown say this we are built for connection we're hardwired for connection we are and so in the older you know look back in history Mm -hmm. people lived in villages closer together they lived closer together and now we live in our homes and the only time you see people is when their garage opens and their car right. comes out see that's a very ontario lifestyle that's what i used to do when i live there maritimers should be different but but but, there, but there's a lot of times when it isn't different i know and we so but we, we live in different times right. now and so yeah. in order to to for me to help 
you know, so this is this is why we're making the life choices that we are. Yes. So that, you know, we have people around us that we love. They're, you know, we're we're not alone. I'm not alone. Right. And yeah, my husband will say, I'm alone. doing this for my wife. She's <laughs> she's lonely, right? Yes. Yeah. And as the children leave and he you know, he's he's on a ship for every se- every second week. So right. I'm home alone for seven days. Like yeah. that is and I'm a social creature. Right. It's pretty, you know, when you're going, Hello and it echoes and then the dog <laughs> the dog perks up and she's like, You talking to me? Runs in response. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So how, what can we do, right? So there's there's that other power. Because if you'd have said to me ten years ago, uh, you're gonna renovate your house and move your parents in, I'd be like, Hell no right yeah because I was in a whole different place but now I have this clarity mm-hmm. about how I want to live my life right. not and it's not for everybody but I get to make those choices for me mm. and, and as long as they're and you got to filter those through if you live with other people yeah yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. not everybody I'm not arbitrarily making all these decisions right these are just these are family mm. decisions and we talk to the kids about it as well mm. right it's like you know we didn't ask them for their permission yeah but we shared with them what we're doing yeah there's a difference yes it's not their house yeah. right it's right. their home it's their home but that but now that you know they come and visit yes yeah so that is that power of i think the power of aging and the power of aging can happen anytime so it doesn't have to happen no. after menopause. i don't know what what's the magical number but no but i think it's you recognizing that you know we we aren't infinite we're not here forever mm. and so while we're here in the in our finite state mm. is that what can we do to contribute Mm. what can we do to contribute and not just to the community but to ourselves because Mm. we we have beautiful gifts inside of us and so how am i manifesting those gifts in the world Mm. well i think a part of it is recognizing those gifts and we just had a wonderful chat with one of our guests that you'll hear in the next week and i just i think that's one of the things that i walked away from it's it's stuff i know because i'm in that coaching and training and 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 self-awareness industry i guess um that there has to be that work on yourself because i used to think about when i was younger i was a lot less confident and i'm much more confident now and you still have your days where you question yourself you know it's a matter of be how connected am i to my highest self today um and some days we're not and sometimes i things knock you off the perch and yes only a little temporarily i don't stay there for long and, and i know how to reconnect to that space but um yeah i think there's power in self-reflection and knowing who you are i think the greatest question that you can answer is who am i who am i what a beautiful question. And and the, as you age, as you move through time, um, as you know more of yourself and you step more and more into that, that's how you become powerful. And it isn't like a arrogant squash people. No, it's it's not just arrogance. A, a reverence for yourself. It's understanding. Well, back to, to Natalie, mm. Godbu, who we talked about with our guest that was here <laughs> earlier. And, and that was one of the observations that you had made mm-hmm. was that she is a woman who is... Loves herself. Loves herself, standing in her power mm. and isn't afraid to say, yes. I'm coming out of the estrogen fog. Yes. And but it's good. But part of our conversation, I think it was kind of a little after show conversation we had with our previous guest uh, that you'll hear, is um, there was this talk we talked about you know women in particular owning their strengths and owning who they are and that people are afraid to say it that they're kick-ass at something because it might come off as being arrogant 
And there, I think there's a difference, big difference between being arrogant and owning who you are. And I think, um, I think for me that as I grow older and I just relate it to aging and, but it's more related to my own insight and getting to know who I am, but that's taking me time. So I call it aging. But, um, as I know myself more, it's, it's that it's owning who I am. And that's, what's making me feel more and more confident because I'm recognizing and understanding who I am and loving that process. What a beautiful gift. What a beautiful gift mm. that is to give yourself. Yes. And that's exactly it. I'm giving it to myself. Yeah. Um, and no one else can do it. It's not a gift anybody else can no. give me. They can compliment me or acknowledge me. Right. And But and I, when, if I don't believe it, no. if I don't embody right. it. Right. And if somebody says to you, wow, you're great at this. And yeah. you and you go, oh. Duh. Oh, you deflect. Yeah, and you <laughs> deflect, right? Yeah. You're, not, you're not owning. You haven't owned that yet. No. And you're not honoring the person who is giving it to you. They're yes. seeing something in you. They're reflecting. They're they're the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Showing and they're you. just showing that. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's a lot of power in getting older and and using your time wisely and just just answering the question, who am, am I? I? I think that's a that's a good that's question. A, that's a good question. And think about that for yourself if you're a listener. Who am I? How would you describe yourself? And not in your typical titles so i'm a you're a Leave VP the titles of. <laughs> aside and and so that yeah. might so maybe that's our a nice little way to close mm. here but a, a question that we will ask on our facebook yeah. um on our page and that people can we would love to have yeah. we would love to have the conversation and we would love to know who our listeners are and who mm. you are yeah. that would who, be a beautiful gift yeah. who are to you? yourself yeah so who yeah who am, am I? I thank you Ollie. thank you dana I'm Dana Lloyd. And I'm Elaine Shannon. You've been listening to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast. You can connect with Dana at DanaLloydLeadership.com and you can connect with Elaine at ElaineShannon.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join us for more Soul Sister Conversations. Thanks for listening.